right, here we go. Who that, everybody? My name is Tracy Bartholomew. This is Stephen Bijou, and this is the Saints Stop, where everything is Saints. You're going to get your stats. You're going to get your opinions, the, the angry, the good. Everything is happening here, and we hope you enjoy it. Uh, Steve, how's it going today, man? Oh, man, I'm doing good, man. How's your day been, bro? It's been pretty good, man. We we on a bye week right now in the NFC. Uh, Saints is at the top of the NFC South once again, man. Um, so my thing is, we're going to start it off, of course, about the Saints because this is the Saints podcast and the Saints stop, and that's what the people want to hear, including myself. I'm looking for you for your best opinion on this right here. The Saints are 7-1 and one, sitting on top of the NFC South. Do you think the Saints is the most dangerous team in the NFC right now? And if not, who is, in your opinion? You know, that's kind of a convoluted question because if you just look outside or looking in, would go and say it's the 49ers because they're undefeated. And right. unlike that other weak undefeated team, the Patriots... The 49ers actually play in a division that has a lot of competition. You got the Seattle Seahawks. You got the Rams, even though their their record is not reflecting it right now, but they are getting better. Uh, and you got the Cardinals, who can be anyone on any given day. Right. Uh, so, you know, you got to look at them. But I will say this. Thus far, the 49ers have been healthy. They've had their whole squad and they've been getting these wins. And I really believe if not for Drew Brees getting hurt in the Rams game, the Saints could easily be 8-0. So I would have to go ahead and say yes, simply for the fact that we racked off five wins, not only with a backup quarterback, but we racked off five wins with two of those games losing Kamara. We lost Jared Cook for at least a game or two. Uh, And the defense has been playing lights out. And Teddy Bridgewater definitely improved his stock he's going to get paid in the offseason whether it be with the saints or with another team and if i was new orleans i would definitely make him a priority to re-sign um you know depending on what drew is going to do or you know how you're looking in the draft but honestly and truly i don't expect them to have a high draft pick so uh that might not be a best option this year but right. yeah, well, of course, uh, salute out to Teddy B, man. Teddy B is, uh, he came and he, he was the savior of, of, of the Saints for the last five uh, weeks now. Um, so I, I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, definitely will. I mean, I don't see him going nowhere else. If he does, about money, but he definitely, uh, I feel like he has a starting position as soon as Drew Brees uh, hangs up his helmet. Uh, with the New Orleans Saints, um, but yeah, man, I I, I think uh, with the, with the Saints right now, it's it's something like we're on it to, you know, straight up, you know, this this path that we're on, it, it feels like it's destiny, you know, coming off the last two seasons, you know, with the Minneapolis miracle and then the no call. I mean, it, it just feels like one step on top of one step. And the only step that I think these guys feel like they deserve this. And I think the defense have had a big part of our success this year. And I feel like 
man, these, these these Saints are pretty much unstoppable. I, I really, outside of Sean Payton being, you know, head coach of the year, doing the, you know, just the, the play calling that he's doing, and then Dennis Allen with the defense, and it seems like this guy knows what everybody's doing. He's putting the, the defense in the right position to make these plays. I feel like there's nothing can stop us right now. Um, but like you said, man, the 49ers, they really have been – I've been watching some video on the 49ers, and their offense, especially the running game, has been very, very creative. And they're the only people right now in the NFC that I could see having us a problem, right? Outside of Green Bay, maybe, you know, and that's that's only because, you know, they're quarterback. So in the NFC North, Green Bay has their 7-1. You know, of course, the NFC South, we're 7-1. The West 49ers are 8-0. We just talked about that. And they're a pretty scary team right now. I, I, I'm, I'm worried about them, but not too much. Uh, in, the, in the East, Dallas, I, I really don't care about Dallas. Dallas is 4-3. They have their good games, their bad, they bad games. And the Eagles are right behind them with 4-4. Four so, I mean, in the NFC alone, man, I, I really just don't see anybody staying with us outside of Green Bay and the 49ers. I mean, so just to backtrack a little bit, when you look at the dominance that the Saints have played their games with, you look at some of the scores and you would think that those games were closer than they actually were. That's actually not the case. I mean, even in the last game, uh, I believe the score was something like 31-25. Those last two touchdowns, if you three minutes into the final quarter, it was 31 to like 10. You know what I mean? So like they were up by three touchdowns and these teams are getting garbage time touchdowns, making it look a lot more respectable than it actually is. The only game that the only game that the Saints actually was in a dogfight was the first game of the season with the Texans, where Breeze had to, you know, have that remarkable last drive and get us in field position to where Lutz could kick the game-winning field goal. Other than that, if you look at the games, they've pretty much beaten everyone handedly. I mean, Chicago, Jacksonville, the Cardinals, Dallas, all these are supposed to have some of the greatest defenses, offensive lines, and the Saints have really not even broken a sweat. But we we beat them. You want the Saints beat them with a backup quarterback. In right, Bridgewater. So imagine what the score would have been with Drew Brees at the helm. I mean, and, and now to talk about Brees, you got a Hall of Fame quarterback that has been resting for five weeks, right? And came back against the Cardinals, did not mm-hmm. miss a beat. Yeah, he's and, looking, he's looking better than ever, man. I mean, I like you say, he didn't skip a beat. I think I, I really don't. I, I've been listening, you know what I'm saying, to people say, oh, well, this is a good thing because Drew Brees tends to slow down during the end of the season. But this guy right. set out for, you know, five weeks. So and not to mention, back. not to mention the injury that he came back from was a thumb. It wasn't a shoulder, a leg, an ankle. So he didn't really have to rehab anything. And it, it, as far as gripping the ball, as far as, you know, uh, accuracy and throwing the ball with uh, velocity, he seemed to be on par with what he was before the injury. Yeah, I, I didn't only, see any mishaps in any throwing 
Right. And, and and it's it's only gonna get better. You know what I mean? Right. Because he even said it's still not a hundred percent. So imagine when it does get a hundred percent. Now you have a rested shoulder. You have a guy that hasn't taken any hits for the better part of almost two months. Mm-hmm. And he's coming into the second half of the season off a of bye. The first game is gonna be the, the Falcons who are abysmal this season. Right. And you're going to you're coming into a seven and one team. So you basically through eight games, seven and one, and through the second half of this new season, you're starting off with, you know, a string of division games, but the, the Panthers are playing with a backup. The Falcons, who we play twice in a four game span, are garbage. The Bucks aren't making any noise. Mm-hmm. So really you you don't face any real competition until you get to the Colts or uh, is the Colts game before the 49ers? It's before, right? Well, well, let's let's talk about that for a second. You know, since you brought it up, um, the, the next couple of next five games, man, we got Falcons, Bucks, Panthers, again, then 49ers. So okay. the, ne- the next five games, I mean, how how you seeing that play out? I mean, honestly, like I said, through those division games, we can easily go four and zero through those division games. When we get to the 49ers, uh, I believe that game's in New Orleans, correct? Correct. Okay, so, I mean, that that's an advantage that they're going to have playing in the Superdome. This might be the first game of the season that they actually have to put up a fight. By then, uh, this bye week couldn't have come at a better time. Smack dab in the middle of the season. Uh, oh, man, uh, I, I agree. I think this was perfect, perfect timing for a bye week. Yeah, and you know, you get Kamara to rest up. Jared Cook should rest up. Uh, Breeze is throwing it to any and everybody. You got Taysom Hill out here running routes, uh, shaking up corners like he's a receiver. Uh, Josh Hill has been pretty productive in the role that they asked him to play. Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray has been a surprise. uh, Oh, to me and you both. To me and you both. Through the two weeks that Kamara's been out, he's been super productive. I just think they have the firepower and finally they have the defense to back them up. I think if if anything should be a concern for the Saints, it is their defense. Nick Nick Bosa has been playing out of his mind this season. Uh, that kid is, is a wrecking ball. But uh, Ramchek, who will be uh, on duties to guard Nick Bosa in that game, has been doing a great job against Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack didn't have a single sack, and he's one of the premier pass rushers in the league, and that was in Chicago. The atmosphere will be a playoff-like atmosphere in that game, and it possibly can be for the number one seed of the NFC. So I think moving forward, the Saints are in a real, real good position, resting guys up, getting Breeze back, defense on par, special teams doing their thing. Uh, Von Bell, another guy on the defense that's just – Getting forced fumbles, it seems like every game, he's been right. a, a real bright spot in that uh, back half of the secondary, and I think I think the sky's the limit, man. And you know, to speak about uh, destiny, like you said, even through all the stuff that's happened over the last two years, you think about the Minnesota, uh, the Minneapolis miracle. They were in a divisional game. Then the next year, they come back, get even further to the NFC Championship. Right? They still have progressed this year. The only line of progression seems to be to get to the Super Bowl. And to talk about destiny, the Super Bowl is in Miami this year. The same place they won their first Super Bowl 10 years ago. Exactly 10 years ago. So, you know, the stars are aligning 
for this team to go to the Super Bowl and take it this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree because, I mean, when is the last time you've seen a Saints team this good? Where I'm, everything's clicking on one cylinder, defense and offense. I mean, even without a Drew Brees, the, the, to say that you lost your starting Hall of Fame quarterback and still was able to go down the field, score points, and, and come away with wins, there's no there's no other team in the NFL today. And we're seeing this by, from example, we're seeing this in the NFL right now. No one is able to lose their starting quarterback and get wins progressively throughout the season. Oh, yeah, man. This year is definitely the year of the backup quarterback. And, I mean, to put things into perspective, like I said, look at look at the Panthers. They're falling off. The Chiefs just signed Chad Henney to be their starting quarterback. Uh, the, the, the Patriots are all but guaranteed to be in the Super Bowl this year. Every team that was a contender for them, they've fallen off. The, the Steelers lost Big Ben at the beginning of the season for the, for the whole season. They're out running with Mason Rudolph. The Chiefs lost Mahomes. They have Henny. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the AFC East, the Dolphins, the Jets, all garbage. The Buffalo Bills have been a surprise. But, you know, the Buffalo yeah. Bills kind, kind of do this every, you know, couple of years. They rack off a few wins and you think, oh, man, are they going to be a legitimate contender? Then they start off 5-1 and one and end up 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, so I'm not sold on the Buffalo Bills yet. The only team legitimately that can take on the Patriots are the Baltimore Ravens in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't even think, you know, Lamar Jackson, this is his first full year as a starter. He's not experienced enough. So I just feel like the Patriots are going to take the AFC. Now, if you look at the NFC side of the ball from the West alone, I mean, you could have potentially three teams from one division in the playoffs. Two of those teams could get the wild card spots. You know what I mean? So it's very competitive. And I, I think, you know, like to speak on the talent of this Saints team, even last year, the defense wasn't as good as they're playing this year, which was in a lot of ways how we ended up in the positions that we were in. Uh, because, you know, the defense was good, they just weren't great. This year, they are stopping the run. They are, you know, not letting off too many big plays. They're getting takeaways. And like I said, these scores don't really reflect how good the defense has been because a lot of these scores come in garbage duty once the game's already in hand by three or four touchdowns. Yeah, well, we've seen that a couple of times this season already where, you know, the game is already in hand. We're winning. uh, So all we're trying to do is uh, prevent yardage type thing. You know what I'm saying? So they're kind of let they're kind of playing back. Defense is kind of playing back, letting these guys get these little short passes. And you know, sometimes they come up with scores, sometimes they don't. But I mean, I mean, even the NFL analysts have said, you know, these 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 end of game uh, touchdowns or you know points on the board has seemed to be less than none, and really doesn't matter in the whole scheme of you know how the game went or how the defense has played. Yeah, I mean, if, if you look at just the run game, I mean, we're stopping the run. I, I'm not sure what we held Ezekiel Elliott to, but I think it was less than 100 yards. Uh, you know, some of these elite runners that the Saints D-line is going up against. Hey, you're not doing none of that. You're not doing none of that on the New Orleans Saints defense this year. I no, was, no. 
it, our front four, front five, is you know, it's just immaculate right now, man. It's it's just you, you're going against Cam Jordan, um, Mario Edwards Jr. I mean, just you know, I got to mention that guy every time we talk. You know, it's, it's just oh yeah, he is one of the dudes that I'm so glad that we picked up that we got because, like I said, he's always around the board. Uh, I mean, around the ball. Um, it's just the defense this year, man. Is it? It is. It, it's a Super Bowl caliber defense, and I don't see us going nowhere but there. I mean, if we are stopped before there, and it would just be such a disappointment. And to the NFL Saints fans, you know what I'm saying? To the team, I, I just don't see us going nowhere but there. I mean, I, I know that I mean, the 49ers have been so great, but. In my eyes, they just don't deserve it yet. I think it's our time. Oh yeah, man. I mean, I mean, look at you know two things. For one, the 49ers were damn near irrelevant. I mean, you forget that they're a team a lot of the times before this year. You know, they've been completely trash, so they haven't been battle tested the way that this group of guys have been battle tested. For two, the previous two years when we went on these win streaks, you know, we had the Saints players on the sidelines doing the gang poses and you know, celebrating and, you know, just having a good time in the locker room with the coach this year is none of that. It is none of that. They are all business. It's well, like, like on to the next, on to the when, next. When when we were talking last time, we had a conversation. And I was telling you, it was, it's basically because we have been here before. We have been here before and before and before. And now it's not a big deal. We've, we've always been. We're getting wins. We've had wins the last two to three years, you know? So we understand mm-hmm. that these wins don't mean nothing outside of the big scheme of things where we want to get. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yes, we love these wins, and we will celebrate for the day. But then after today, when the night is over, man, it's time to move on to the next because we need another one. We want the home field advantage because nobody wins in our dome. Nobody wins in who that nation, and everybody knows it's around the league. So we want oh, yeah. people to come to us. The Rams had to cheat to get up out of there and get to the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? So right, yeah, hey, I, I feel that 100. percent I just think you know, on top of that, these dudes definitely have a chip on their shoulder. They're just like, damn, all that. We finna go out and obliterate dudes. And the funny thing is, Drew Brees was going to run a press conferences before the season start, and. He said that himself. If we got to put 50 on everybody, that's what we're going to do. And they've been routinely putting 30 without Breeze. You know what I mean? So just right. imagine, I mean, the way that this guy was spreading the ball around and the speed of the offense when he came back was way different from when Teddy B was there. That's not a knock on Teddy B. But Breeze has been in this offense for the past 14, 15 years. He knows it like the back of his hand. And he's going to throw it to anybody. That entire playbook is open to Breeze. He's audible and he's adjusting at the line of scrimmage and he's playing chess with these defenses and he's making it look easy. It's definitely noticeable, you know, and like you said, no knock to Teddy B. I think he is the future of the New Orleans Saints, um, but I also think he has a lot of growing up, you know. Like I said, the guy's only, uh, I think, like 26, 27 years old. Um, forgive me if I'm wrong on that, but I know he's in his 20s. He's a young quarterback. Um, but Drew Brees, when, when it's, it's, it's a night and day difference when they're out there on the field playing with this team. You know, Teddy B, he 
he, he goes by the play of the coaches. Whatever the coaches pick, that's where he's going. Drew Brees is coming out there, and it doesn't matter. If, if he sees, you know, a small light of day, you're going to get the ball. So them guys have – they have to be always ready because I will throw it to you, you, you. I don't I don't care where you I mean, to, to, to prove your point, you know, uh, Latavius Murray said this is the first touchdown reception in his career. He's been in the league for seven, eight years. Fact. On that play – uh, Breeze whispered something to him and one of the guys uh, interviewing them asked him a question and Murray said, well, did, did he say something to you? He's like, yeah, he changed my route. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, and he didn't even tell that to the whole team. He just told it to Murray. Hey, you're going to do this instead of doing this. Touchdown on the play. The man is a cerebral assassin when he's out there on the field. He will play games with the defense and his accuracy, man, he doesn't have to... to change it much because of how accurate he is even at the age of 40 he's still one of the most accurate passers in the league bar none from any of these quarterbacks in the league so let, let's get let's get on Drew Brees for a second and we're going to talk about some controversial shit right Drew Brees is over 40 <laughs> he's a Hall of Fame quarterback he's obviously he wants another ring that's the only reason he's still here do you see him continuing his NFL career after this year with a win or a loss in the Super Bowl? I mean, that's... When is it time? Hard. When would you see it time for Drew Brees to hang up his helmet? I mean, okay, so we've heard him say time and time again he wants to play until he's 45. And right. honestly, the way he's been playing, especially if they can do this, I mean... <laughs> They basically pulled a uh, Nick Foles this year. You know, Carson Wentz did all the work, and Nick Foles came in, won the Super Bowl. That's pretty much what they're doing. Teddy B lifted a lot of the low. Breeze come back in there doing his thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, with that in mind, him not taking those hits probably prolonged his career a little bit. So, I mean, I don't see his production falling off at all. Uh, and, and the things that he does fall off on a little bit, which, you know, his arm strength has gone down a little bit. But, again, he's so accurate that he makes up for it. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like he could go. Now, the question of will he stay, it's 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 a good question because you got to see where his mind is, right? I mean, if he gets to – if he gets to the Super Bowl this year, you know how hard that is. And I think right now that's his focus. I want one more. And if he gets it, he's probably done. Walk away on top. On the mm -hmm. flip side of that, if he doesn't get it, because he's so competitive, I can see him coming back. But at the same time, with the heartbreaking losses, not once but twice in a row, if for whatever reason that happens a third time, you got to think that gets to you mentally. And he's just like, you know what? I already got one. I got enough money. I have my businesses. I just want to spend time with my family. I can totally see that happening too. So, I mean, you got it's a hard question to answer. You just have to, you know, know kind of where his mindset is right now. But I can I can see him winning one and then wanting to come back to defend it. You know what I mean? Because Breeze doesn't get the credit that he deserves as far as the discussion of greatest of all time. Well, and I that, agree. That baffles me for a few reasons because for one, he owns almost every important quarterback statistic all time. Not just for a season, not just, you know, in this span, all time. You know, he has uh, the, I think it's the yards, 
he's going for the touchdowns, which he will get. Uh, percentage, he has that. Most games with 300 yards, he has that. Most games with a touchdown, he has that. The guy, by all accounts, should be considered one of the GOATs. Now, people knock him for only having one Super Bowl ring, but you have to understand that football is a team sport. It's not just based on individual achievements. If you're looking at a team, some of the teams that Breeze has been on has had not only bad defenses, but historically bad defenses. And this is an argument that I have with, you know, other NFL team fans all the time, right? They say, Mm -hmm. well, why do you you hold Drew Brees such high on top of other quarterbacks? And I say, well, just look at his stats. You know, look at his records, look at his stats. You know, consistent 3,000-yard years. And they'd be like, well, he only has one Super Bowl. Well, I I tell them, I say, well, look, you got to understand, Drew Brees is not the New Orleans Saints. He's the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, right? right so right. he can only do so much. There's also a defense. There's also wide receivers, running backs. You know, Special this man. Teams. Yeah, this man is not the whole team. You understand what I'm right. saying? What they say? Well, how can you have all of these, you know, stats and, and still have losing seasons? Once again, it's just a quarterback. I mean, position. okay, you know, on the on the flip side of this too, man, you know. Not only 3,000-yard seasons, he routinely gets 4,000 yards. And out of the, I want to say, 10 or 11 5,000-yard seasons that exist, he owns half of them by himself. No other quarterback has more than one. So that's an achievement in itself. Then if you look on the flip side of things and you look at teams like, you know, they want to consider Tom Brady the GOAT, but why? He automatically gets a bid to the playoffs every year. It, It would be one thing if... You know, year in and year out, his division was competitive. But for the better part of 15 years, the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Buffalo Bills have all been garbage. They have rarely crossed the 500 mark in their record. A lot of the times, most of the division finishes 6-10 and 10 or, or worse. So, and then the AFC as a whole is, is just bad. So, it's not as hard of a track to get to the Super Bowl as it is in the NFC. That's number one. Number two... Most people hold Aaron Rodgers into high prestige, yet he only has one ring. Not only does he only have one ring, but he doesn't have any of the records that but Drew Brees that's, has. That's a big pet peeve of mine to this day. Every time people mention great quarterbacks, they mention Drew Brees, but they also mention Aaron Rodgers right next to Drew Brees. And most people will put Aaron Rodgers above Drew Brees, which really pisses me off because I really do not understand that. Right. I mean, dude, dude won his Super Bowl the year after Breeze won his. Right. So it's been just as long that Aaron Rodgers has done anything. Number one. Number two, he doesn't have any of the accolades that Breeze has as far as stats, records or any of that sort. Uh, So Breeze has that advantage on him. The thing that Aaron Rodgers has over Breeze is what team he plays for. The Green Bay Packers is one of those historical teams. Uh, There's certain teams in NFL like the Dallas Cowboys, like the Packers that are just you know, historic. So because he plays for the Packers, he gets the nod. I guarantee you, if it was the other way around, if Breeze was on the Packers and Aaron Rodgers was on the Saints, it would be the other way around. Breeze would be looked at as the absolute GOAT in some people's minds. I so believe it. it's it's one of those situations where there's a big bias 
I mean, and then you talk about Breeze in the sense of, oh, he only has one ring. But then in the same faction, people love talking about how great of a dynasty the Cowboys are. But they haven't won a Super Bowl since the 90s. They've had two or three playoff wins in 25 years. Dynasty? But, oh, man, come on. Dynasty. Right, right. But, but then they go and say, oh, we have five rings. But you haven't had one of those rings since the early 90s. We're in 2020. We're about to be in 2020, bro. Right. That's, you know, that's a 30-year span that you haven't done anything of note. Well, you but, know. but the Cowboys are looked at every year. Every year, the media, the Cowboys this, the Cowboys that. Why? They've Cowboys been mediocre fans, for 30 years. Cowboys fans is just, uh, they're another breed of uh I'm, another I'm a, breed of stupid. You're just saying, <laughs> you know, I'm breed of stupid. I was trying not to go there. I was trying not to go there. You know what I'm saying? Because you know we're we're trying to be professional here, times, but I just man, I don't how understand. Many times, how many times have you heard Tony Romo? Tony Romo, right? Right. And then, but what did Tony Romo do exactly? Nothing. In his entire tenure, what did he do? He got and to now, the playoffs. Once, maybe twice, right? And you didn't even get then? to the playoffs. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? The whole debacle? Right. Oh, man. Oh, because I can't hold a, a football correctly for a field goal. You <laughs> lost the game. Bro. Or, and then, you know, now, now it's Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott. Need I remind you, Dak Prescott was a fourth round pick. And honestly, if you take away that team that's around Dak Prescott, he is Mark Sanchez 2.0. I like, I like that. I like that. I the think, reason I think, I think, man, let me tell you, I think Dak is. I don't. Hold on a sec. I think Dak is a good quarterback. I, I, I think don't. also that what he's being bred to do in the media is not who he is or what he's capable of doing, and that's going to be a problem even, for Dak. I don't even care about this persona. I don't care about his media. I'm talking about strictly his play on the field. You evaluate not the team around him, but just specifically Dak Prescott's play. Well, he needs he needs to have everything in the kitchen sink around him to be successful. Case in point, they have one of the top running backs in the league. They have one of the top two, if not the best offensive line in the league. They have a great defense. Even with all that, they were subpar until they traded for Amari Cooper. Now, if you look on the flip side of it, because this is the Saints stop, I'm going to bring this back to Drew Brees. What talent has Drew Brees had before this recent team, before this recent run of the last three years when we started drafting smarter and better? What talent did he have around him? He had a seventh-round pick in in Marcus Colston. He had an undrafted guy. And Devery Henderson. He had Lance Moore, an undrafted guy. He had Pierre Thomas, an undrafted guy. He made these guys look great. And even if you want to look at this current team, he makes Dan Arnold look better than he is. He makes Austin Carr look better than they are. Right. He makes guys around him better. Well, shout, out, shout out to fucking Sean Payton. Shout out to our GM for finding these guys and bringing them in. Um, obviously, they had some talent. I mean, you're going bad on them, you know, talking about they were undrafted, but obviously they had some skills and Sean Payton. No, 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 no. I'm not going bad on them. I'm making a point. I'm, my point is these guys were not guys that were slam dunks. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They weren't guys that were first round picks and they have all the talent in the world. No. Right. Well, and to, obviously, to that's, prove my that's, point, that's to prove my point, because even when they went to other teams, they they didn't right. show the progression. Look, look that, what happened to Robert Meacham. Right. When mm-hmm. Robert Meacham went to San Diego, he got a big he got a big check. He did absolutely nothing. Came right. back to the Saints that one year. All of a sudden, he's scoring touchdowns again. That showed me that it was Drew Brees, not the receivers, that were. The reason for the success. Now, if you want to go back to the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott in that offense was abysmal until they got Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Amari Cooper makes Dak Prescott look better than what he actually is. Zeke Elliott makes Dak Prescott look better than what he is. Why? Because when you can hand the ball off to Zeke and he'll get four and five yards, so now it's second and three, second and four, instead of second and eight, second mm-hmm. and nine, that's a big difference. That is a huge difference. So all you need to do is throw three yards to move the chain. Dak Prescott, if you take all that away, just like what happened to Mark Sanchez, he had LaDamian Tomlinson, he had that stud defense, he had weapons on the outside, and then once all that went away and he had to carry the team, what happened? He's the third string quarterback for I don't know what team right now. <laughs> Dak Prescott will have the same fate if the Cowboys fail to put things around him. Well, knowing uh, the Dallas Cowboys, they will um, they will spend as much money as possible to uh, make that garbage team be more garbage next year. So, moving on from there, because I, you know how I feel about Dallas. You know how I feel about. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I really cannot even. Give a shit about I, Dallas Cowboys fans to me, bro. It's just like the Atlanta fans. No matter how bad they're doing, it's always well. We did this or we did that, and we're this and we're no. You're not. Watch the games. Right. Watch the games, man. You're garbage. Admit that you're garbage. Because when the Saints is garbage, I say that they're garbage. But I still right. support my team. I understand that. But admit that you're a garbage team this year. And Atlanta has nothing to say to me. I got I got guys around my circle that are big Atlanta fans. Stop talking to me, man. Stop playing with me right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because comes next Sunday, I, I, is it Sunday? I think it's going to uh, be next Sunday. Yeah. I think it's going to yeah, be next, next Sunday. Sunday. Regardless of if it's a Thursday game or a Sunday game, I, it doesn't matter. It's going to destroy you. You are what? What one in six? One in seven? Stop playing right now! Oh man, I, I, talking about Atlanta is one of my biggest pet peeves, bro. I hate them guys. You know, they don't even make sense on why they are as trash as they are because they have a talented roster. They have a talented roster. You could argue that they have a more talented roster than the Saints. Oh, the the Atlanta Falcons have just had a trade. Uh, Muhammad Sanu. Yeah, he went to the Patriots, right? Yeah, I believe so. I'm not sure. Hey, don't quote me on it. I don't know who he went to, but I know he got traded. Now, speaking of that, what are you doing? Why? Why? That is your number two wide receiver. He is very nah, productive. He's a, that's his number. That was their number three. Their was number he? two was, uh, yeah, Calvin Ridley is their number two. Julio Jones is their number one. So... 
uh, Sanu was more there. I thought guy Calvin Ridley was more of a, you know, kind of wide receiver running back type person. Nah, Calvin Ridley is going to be the dude that replaces Julio Jones when he retires. That's who Calvin Ridley is. He's okay. uh, another receiver. Another receiver from Bama. They got in the first round. Well, see, He's this talented. is this is how much I even follow them dudes. I, I just okay. If I hey, if I didn't have to, I wouldn't. Right. <laughs> well, that's that's why you are the uh, you are you are the knowledge person in this, and I am the so NFL. New Orleans Saints fan because I don't care about nobody else but New Orleans. I mean, hey, you gotta you gotta know your competition, man. I understand that. I understand it, and that's why we looking for you to give us this knowledge because I don't. I don't care about Dallas. I don't care about the 49ers, the Eagles, the Panthers. I don't care about none of them dudes. I want New Orleans Saints to rise to the top, give me another ring, bring the glory to my city as we deserve so well. Facts. Well, I think, uh, let me get one more thing out of you, Steve, and then I'm gonna let you go, man. Uh, let me get your prediction on the next five games. Um, you sorta kinda hint it towards what you already believe, but we're going to leave it at that. We're going to go ahead and and, and say your wins and losses for the next five games. Falcons, give me a win or a loss right there. Oh, yeah, that's definitely a win. That's without a question, that's a win. It's probably going to be a blowout. It's probably going to be a blowout. It's it's got to be. I I don't see it going no other way, man. I don't see it going no other way besides, you know, some crazy things happening. By the third quarter... By the third quarter, we putting Teddy B in. And the reason I say that is because you know the Falcons are dirty. They always trying to hurt our players every right. game. When they when we start beating them, they get mad. And then all of a sudden, all these injuries start happening. So, <laughs> right. so we take by the third quarter, we take them. Hey, hey, hey either tight game or not. By the third quarter, we take them Breeze out. We take them Kamara out. Mike Thomas might get a few reps still. But I would put Teddy B in and let him finish the game. I agree with that. I mean, we we showed that, I, and I think the trend of last game, uh, where they put Teddy B at the last couple of you know minutes in to let him get some playing time, and everybody was in the stands. Teddy, Teddy, you know, I love that. I love that. Um, right. Uh, so let's go to the next one with the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks. That should be a blowout, honestly. Over the next four games, we should easily go 4-0. The only game that is of a concern is the 49ers. But even still, in that dome, in that environment, the way that the defense has been playing with a fresh breeze, by then, he'll be warmed up, ran through the division. We should have the division on lock at that point if we mm-hmm. go 4-0. Uh, yeah, man, I think I think we can easily go 5-0 in this next stretch. The wild card game that people should be looking at, obviously the 49ers game, but that Colts game could be a trap because they are better than they look. They are one of those teams that when they do have their act together, they can beat any team on any given day. I agree. I agree. So that that's the game you're looking forward to? 
Uh, well, yeah, obviously looking forward to the 49ers game. That's that's going to be a heavyweight fight right there. Uh, but I think we'll match up uh, really well. And I think the way that our defense has been controlling, uh, stopping the run game for all opponents, I think we're going to do well because it's going to force the 49ers to throw the ball. And Jimmy G is a good quarterback, but once they get one dimensional, that takes away all their play action, that takes away their running schemes. And I think we'll have that game in the bag, in the dome. Well, I definitely hope so because this it, it, it will probably be an NFC uh, must-win game. You know what I mean? Coming off of oh, yeah. all these divisional games in which we basically have stone up already. I mean, I don't, I don't see Panthers, Falcons, or Bucks doing anything to us like ever. You know, until next season, we'll see about how, how much they progress. But this season, not at all. Um, but the 49ers is definitely a game I'm looking forward to. I think, it's, like you said, it's going to be a heavyweight battle. Um, they're very creative, but so are we. Um, and I'm giving the Saints the win, of course. Uh, so, of course. <laughs> when when do you not give the Saints the win? <laughs> it's, it's not in me. It's not in me to do it, man. I'm, I'm always a who that fan, bro. And, and the Saints could be the Saints could be zero and ten going against an undefeated team. And you're like, yeah, man. I think the Saints are gonna pull this one out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, goddamn right I am. Who that, baby? Who that? All right, so man, this is uh, once again. My name is Crazy Bartholomew. This is Stephen Bijou, the boy genius. And this is the New Orleans Saints stop. Uh, who that, everybody, man? I hope you enjoyed it. I hope to see you next time. Please subscribe because we want to hear everything you got to offer. Give me your opinions, the good, the bad. I want to hear it all. Um, one more time, who that? We'll see you next time.